And happy Tuesday. Welcome to the St. Andrews Community Church weekly podcast where the three of us, including Jeff behind the scenes, uh, sometimes we have great conversation and sometimes we just ramble on about whatever. Um, So I am Josh Coates, pastor of discipleship. I'm joined by D.A. Bennett, lead pastor. And Bonnie Coates. You don't have cycle. Interim children's associate pastor. pastor. Associate pastor. Sorry, my job role is. And then Jeff, right now. the man behind the scenes. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing well. Doing well. Good Crack, deal, man. Cracking you guys up. Do you know he has the longest title of any of us? Really? What? Director of facilities and audiovisual technology. That's longer than Bonnie's title. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he has he has a very plain name. We're also joined today by uh, six of my good friends. Ooh. So uh, DA started a new sermon series this last Sunday on making disciples. And so this Sunday he taught on making disciples. That's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. And then over the next few weeks, he's going to be defining what are characteristics of a disciple. Um, And as I was looking at my 180 or 90 bobbleheads in my office trying to decide uh, what, what works here, uh, Star Wars came to mind because in Star Wars you've got the Jedi Masters and the Padawans. Padawans, that's um, just a great and word. And so to say. I brought, it's a fun I brought my say. friends uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Yoda, Luke Skywalker, Rey, Darth Vader, and uh, um, Darth Maul. What? No, that's not Darth Maul. What's his, well, you told me you're gonna bring Darth Maul. What's his name? Kylo Ren. <laughs> it's written on there. You had to look at I it. I did have to look. I, I, I'm, I forgot. So uh, they kind of represent, um, obviously not disciples of Jesus, but right. the 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 kind of the philosophy behind disciples of the force, discipling. It, they are yeah, a good image that's of what that. They are. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking ahead of where we're going. I'm like, yeah, I, I can see how we can work all this in. Today. Absolutely, I've got like 20 Star Wars bobbleheads, so maybe we just. <laughs> although I've grabbed six of them today, but you know, it cracks me up. My my oldest son Garrett's a big Star Wars fan, and he bought a game for himself for Christmas. It's a Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. And they are playing it. He, Jonathan, Karis, his girlfriend, they're all playing this. And it's like, y'all weren't even alive when this movie came out. <laughs> I was barely alive. I mean, I was born in 79, so... I you weren't alive when the original came out. All right, I, I obviously did not see any of the originals in the movie theater. I did. I did in the... What was it called? North Park Mall. Oh yeah. See, when I was nice. when I was a kid living in the village in Oklahoma City, we would go to North Park Mall because at that point it was a dollar theater. And yeah, so we, we had to pay, pay four dollars. Yeah, we would pay a dollar to go watch a, a movie that was released, you know, a year and a half prior. And, and now you get it on demand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now I've literally since COVID, I've been to the movie theater twice in four years. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, well, enough fun there. Let's dive into the topic at hand this week, um, and that is making disciples. Whenever right. we choose to be a follower of Jesus, and this was a statement that you made, mm-hmm. um, kind of tying back into this covenant renewal service we had the, the prior week, we become a part of a covenant community of believers. Right. What, what do you mean by that when you say that? And you talked a little bit about it, but we've got some time to expand a little when bit. When we look at the Old Testament, particularly the covenant with Abraham, uh, it, the it's going to expand through families, mm-hmm. but they grow into a covenant community. Now, our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Our vision is a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith. And so to be in covenant with Christ, 
That's what he offers us. But we also live as covenant people, and we are not excluded from one another. And one of the things that I would have liked to have spent time on, but it would have detracted from the message, is number one, as a church, we are a covenant community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we share a covenant together. This is how uh, we believe. We recite that in the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of belief. Uh, But also, we are part of a larger covenant community, and that is with our denomination, with the Global Methodist Church. And part of this harkens back. I remember, uh, let's see, you were born in 79, so you were about seven years old when I had to go before the Board of Ordained Ministry. Uh, And one of the things they talked about is when you're ordained, you become part of a covenant community. Now, I'll be honest, in my snarkiness, there's part of me that's like, ooh, do I get to learn the secret handshake, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, but I, I've always kept that. When we are part of a church tradition, we are part of a covenant community. And for us, St. Andrews is a covenant community that is part of a larger covenant community, which is the Global Methodist Church, which is part of the body of Christ, which is the covenant people of God. Right. So we're actually in covenant with all believers. Well, and, and the hope is, as the pastor of discipleship, my hope is that every single member, and even if you're not a member, uh, you know, regular worship attender here at St. Andrews, is that you would also be a part of a smaller covenant community right. than just yeah. the church. Yeah, right? from the church, a, yeah. a Sunday Whether school class. Whether you're a part of a Sunday or... school class or a small group or a Bible study or, or whatever it is, the those, in a sense... I think the most fruitful, healthy ones are covenant communities because there's a level of trust that I can be vulnerable, I can share, there's going to be accountability. Whatever I share, this group of people isn't going to shun me and say, oh my gosh, you know, get out of here. But there's that level of love and commitment and relationship. Yeah. And so that's yeah. my heart is that, yes, while we've got Christianity and then we've got Global Methodist Church and we've got St. Andrews, right. my hope is that it funnels even more for each of us to be a part of even a smaller covenant community. Right. And you have that with your band, you know, mm-hmm. three brothers in Christ that y'all get together. Uh, I have it with two brothers in Christ that uh, we meet with and you've talked about, and mine's probably like yours. It's a little hit and miss because one of our yeah. guys moved away, but not all yours live in Oklahoma City. Yeah, we maybe get together face-to-face once every three months. Yeah. Um, but every other week it's on Zoom. And, and I just joined a Bible study this past, um, oh, I guess it was two weeks ago. Yeah, Thursday morning mom's Bible study um, at uh, 10 a.m. here um, at the church. So um, that's a great little micro covenant community that you could be a part of. Exactly. It it is about relationship, whether you have a band or whether you're in a Bible study or Sunday school class. What's important is relationship because the reality is we we don't grow as disciples of Christ uh, in a vacuum. We we do need people to challenge us, to affirm us. It's just an important part of discipleship. Yeah, it's that constant reminder we're not alone. Right. That others are going through the same things we are, wrestling with the same things we are. Um, and uh, it helps strengthen the faith. Iron you know, sharpens iron. Yeah. That that Luke Skywalker was going where Obi Wan had been. You know, right. Obi Wan helps him. Yoda helps him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I don't know if you've ever used this prior to this Sunday. The Stan Drew <laughs> example was that something new or is that okay, something you've used so, before? Because I'll be honest, I'm sitting there at the nine o'clock service on the front row, and I'm like. 
who is Stan Drew, <laughs> and why is DA talking about this random Stan Drew guy? And eventually, I clued in. Okay, probably good. Probably much later than what I should have been. <laughs> I should have probably clued in much sooner. But I was like, who is Stan Drew, and why do I care about Stan Drew? What are we so, doing? DA? Okay, so here, here's part of what's funny is when I first came to St. Andrews back in 2006. Of course, we had a new district superintendent. Frankie Johnson was our DS, and we were having this district meeting to welcome Frankie and bless her. And um, it was at Capitol Hill Methodist. We've got a number of folks here at St. Andrews that were from that church. And uh, a guy that I knew from campus ministry days said, oh, you know, and who are you? He's just being funny. And I said, oh, I'm I'm D.A. Bennett. I'm the pastor of – and I just said, from Stan Drew, you know <laughs> – <laughs> church. And I have never used that again <laughs> until this past Sunday. And okay. there's a part of me that thinks it's clever. There's a part of me that knows it is Parmesan cheese, baby. Oh, it is sure. the cheesiest I just thing thought, ever. I thought, man, it, like I was sitting there and when I finally clued in, I, I thought, did everyone know what he was talking about because he's used this example before and I was just clueless? No. So you so you weren't able to worship with us Sunday morning. I so I know that so. you've, you've watched the yeah, sermon yeah, online. Yeah. Uh, did you know immediately where he was going with it? Or? Well, I did because I had the outline of the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was able to get a sneak peek. I'll be honest, it, it didn't really necessarily get the response that I hoped that yeah, people would yeah. be like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's eye rolls like, and everything yeah, else. You had the... the, the the cliff notes here. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, most people my age that have started watching Star Wars already knew Darth Vader was, was Luke yeah, Skywalker's dad. Yeah. If you've not seen it, I'm sorry. Sorry, to spoiler ru- alert. Ruin it for you. <laughs> uh, but I imagine, <laughs> like, in the theater when that movie first came out. The, oh, like, it was oh it was a bombshell. God. Yeah. yeah. But so I, that's how I, I was like, Stan Drew. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I did get one email from somebody that said, that was clever. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was clever. 600 people we know of that. Yeah. So <laughs> if you didn't get to worship with us online or in person on Sunday, if you've not seen the sermon, he told opened the sermon talking about Stan Drew telling his story. And, and uh, eventually he clued us all in that he was telling the story of Andrew, one of the disciples of Jesus, our namesake. The namesake of our church. Saint, Saint Andrews. And so Saint Andrew, he Drew. made yeah. it Stan Drew. And I was totally you know, oblivious to what you, was going you, you on. You were jealous that you didn't think of it first. Well, and it's funny because I was looking at the sermon notes, you know, that you give, and it's the blank. You know, have you clued in that Stan Drew equals? And I, I still am like, I don't, know, I don't know what we're going with here. So I felt kind of foolish. But in, in telling that story, and, and as you, you know, began talking about making disciples, one of the things that you said that I loved was, um, in order to make disciples, we must be disciples. Right. So talk a little bit more about that. You know, uh, the, the illustration I gave was I could coach my sons in baseball because I'd been a baseball player. Mm-hmm. My daughter's a competitive gymnast. I know nothing <laughs> about you didn't gymnastics. You did cartwheels or? You know, cartwheel I knew, but punch front, kip, yeah. sukahara. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's that's the thing that I've learned being a parent is a lot of times we are put in situations where we're trying to to coach or yeah. teach our children things yeah. that we may be cl- completely clueless right. on, and that's it's hard. It it really is. No, it's hard. not that it's easy to do. What's not what is hard is getting griped at at your kids when they say, "Hey, you've never played this before. Why are you trying to teach well, me how to play basketball?" A, a <laughs> that's mutual, hard. Which, which you've heard that. <laughs> yes, I've heard that before. <laughs> a mutual friend of ours, Kyle Cantrell, 
uh, you know, Kyle was a football player. Uh-huh. I mean, he played baseball too, but his football player, his son's a soccer player, yeah. his oldest mm-hmm. son. And he's like, I don't know anything about soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the idea is, oh, number one, did y'all have Bob Tuttle at I Asbury? Did. Okay. Yeah. I had Dr. Tuttle. And one of the things he said was never trust a shepherd who's not somebody else's sheep. Mm-hmm. In other words, yeah. uh, never trust a spiritual leader who is not under the spiritual leadership and authority of somebody else. Yeah. So the part of the thought is if, if you want somebody to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, they need to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah. They, you know, It doesn't need to be someone who thinks they know it all. I think it's yeah. someone who is, is learning this as they go, but they've got enough experience in life that they can teach you something. Again, Luke Skywalker. He had to learn how to be a Jedi. He couldn't learn that from Chewbacca. Right. He had to learn it from so, Obi-Wan yeah, here's or Yoda. that I want to get your all's <clears throat> reaction to and thoughts on. Because I agree with this statement 100%. Um, but, and this may, may sound too harsh, but I think it's equally true. To make disciples, we must be disciples. Yeah. But I think... To be a disciple, we must make disciples. What's your reaction to that when I say that? I'm, I'm catching them right here. I, this I, is a fresh reaction. Yeah. Um, because when you said that, say, say that one more. To so be a disciple. To be a disciple. So to make disciples, you have to be a disciple, which is the point you made Sunday mm-hmm. that we've discussed and we agree with. But I also think the opposite is true. To be a disciple, we must make disciples. I think that it depends on who you are a disciple of. Um, because well, I'm talking if, about being a disciple okay, of Jesus. Okay, okay. Well, in that context, yes. Because if, you're, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then you are called to make disciples. Um, and so that's a part of learning to be a disciple is, is making other disciples. But if you, I mean, I'm thinking in the context of like, if I, if, I don't know if I am called to be, and I'm sorry if, if anybody who's watching this is Buddhist, I don't, I don't mean to pick on any of the Buddhists in the world, but if you are called to, to follow, um, Buddhism, then I don't necessarily know that you are called in, in some forms of Buddhism to make disciples of right. Buddhism. Well, that's, I'm talking so, strictly yeah. as a follower of Jesus, because yeah. the great commission is go make disciples. Yeah. We would not be here 2000 years later if that wasn't the, a, a very large part, a, a key aspect of being a disciple is yeah. investing in and making disciples. And I, I know that I say it's harsh because I think a lot of times when we think of making disciples, we think in terms of one one way. Right. Um, and it's like, well, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm not leading a Bible study or I'm not doing this or that. Yeah. Uh, there's there's ways that we all contribute into making disciples. And if you aren't, and, and I know this might be too harsh for some, but I as a part of being a, in a covenant community, if you're not actively participating in one way or another that is producing and making disciples and investing in others, then I don't know that you're fully following Jesus the way we're called to. I, you know, I, I love the question, first <laughs> of all, and you, you told me beforehand, I'm going to ask you a question you're not prepared for. Uh, and, and my nature is, I really want to think through the implications uh-huh. of what that means. And I'm going to say that I agree with you, that uh, to be a disciple means I must make mm-hmm. disciples. Now, 
does that mean because you know i try to think what does that look like i remember giving my life to christ when i was seven or eight years old i never can remember exactly how it was because it wasn't a bombshell event in my life important road mark absolutely but it's just like somebody told me i needed to make a decision that was kind of a no-brainer mm-hmm. for me because i w- grew up in the church so as a seven eight year old if i am now claiming to be a disciple of jesus christ does that mean i immediately have to start making disciples of everybody else that's a great question so maybe maybe i would say yes but i also would say it looks different for a seven-year-old right than it does for an adult and 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 i i agree with that different and it looks different for (laughs) you're gonna get hit Hey, so here's what I think. But hold on, before you say that, it looks so. It, you know, one of our core values is generations, yeah. right? Right, That's and true. it's not just children and adults; it's also how long you've been following Jesus. Yeah, and That's so true. I think it looks different for a 40 year old who just gave their life to Christ than it does yeah. a 40 year old who grew up in the church, who, who is a spiritual Absolutely. babe. And yeah. and this right. is one of the things that I say in. Uh, coffee with the pastor every month when we're going through the no grow go is to me a sign of a mature person is we have the ability to reproduce Mm -hmm. yeah the mature sign of a believer is i can reproduce i can help other people be disciples so i i agree with you and and i realize that can sound harsh and that can sound threatening i don't think we have enough time to unpack all that today but what i i would say is if I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, why would I not want to make disciples? Yeah. You know, whether whether that's with my children, whether that's with my friends, uh, you know, how if, if this is good news, how can I not tell everybody? Now, that doesn't mean I get crazy about it. Right. That's uh, the sermon in about three weeks. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how, how could I not tell you? the good news of salvation it's, it's a matter of life and death so what, what were you wanting to add to that so i, I think you? no you're fine i just i think <laughs> when you look at what it means to be a disciple of jesus one of the things you are called to do one of the things you're called to learn is how to disciple other people and there's something beautiful in that process of learning how to disciple other people that you're supposed to learn that if you're not actually doing that then you're not going to learn it so you you probably could be a disciple, but this is like it's like okay, well I learned um, how to read, I learned how to write, but I didn't learn how to speak. Like if I'm trying to learn Greek, I learned how to read it, I learned how to write it, I don't know how to speak. Yeah, it. it's not so conversational. A, yeah, so it's a part of it that you just don't you don't quite understand. One of my favorite verses, and this is from the NIV prior to the 2011 translation <laughs> um, is because I memorized it in the old version is Philemon 1 6 and it says I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith so that you have a, a full understanding of everything that we have every good thing we have in Christ Jesus right. so if you are actively sharing your faith there's something about that process in which you will have a full understanding of what you have. Like as you share your faith, you start to get it even more. Okay, so I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna use that as a segue yeah. to, to derail us for just Absolutely. a moment. Yeah, something we started brand new last week. <laughs> last week that okay. we wanna bring up today, and that was, again, we always want this to be interactive. Jeff is sitting at the computer, he's ready for your questions so he can signal us with your questions. And, and last week we started our word of the week. What is a 
Christian word or a Christian phrase that that we might use in Christianese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that if people are new, they don't know what it means. And and I got a response. Uh, Vonda Jonti, Vonda, if you're watching, okay, thank, thank you, you so much for sending me the email. And a word that we used that she wasn't really familiar with was a word apologetics apologetics yeah, and i've thought long and hard about this and i must apologize i don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so but Bonnie, it's not true. Bonnie, it's not what is the apologetics? Of apology or saying i'm sorry so what, what okay so apologetics is it it's it comes from a term that would have been used and it's not just applied to christianity it would have been used in like ancient rome it was actually it's a, a greek, it's a greek, greek sorry word. not greek Apologia. sorry um sorry they rome sorry She's in that area in greek. the mediterranean <laughs> area right okay and so the the it would be used in debates okay so you would come up and a person would would um, they would submit an argument. They would perform their argument in the debate, um, and they would say this, 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 and it, they would um, submit their categories of why something was wrong or why it was bad. And then the next person would come up, and they would come up with their apologia or whatever you mm -hmm. said, and it would present the defense of why those things were correct, right? And so uh, apologetics is this term that gets thrown around, and it's not necessarily a Christian term. There are apologetics that are for, like, the Greeks that, um, yeah. yeah, prior to prior to the Christian um, church as we know it, um, apologetics would have been in that area. But then you see things like in early Christian writings, you th see things like Justin Martyr, who um, wrote his first and second apologies. And both of those are in defense of the Christian faith. You see him stepping in and, and writing to the emperor and you see him saying, hey, the Christians that you're burning, let's consider for just a second whether or not you should burn them because um, they you call them Christians, and the only reason you're burning them is because they, they admit to being Christian, but look at their lives. Like, look at their lives. Are they really, really wicked people? Or are the people who are submitting, like, who are saying these Christians need to burn, are they the wicked people? Because you say that they're atheists because they don't believe in gods, but the thing is, they're not atheists because they really do believe in a god. They just don't believe that those icons... That you're the god. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and, and within, are the gods. Within Christianity, it, it just plainly is defined. Defense of the faith. Yeah, it is. It's right. defense it is. of the faith. Yeah. And the passage that comes to mind when I think of apologetics and defending our faith uh, is First Peter three fifteen and sixteen. Right. Um, and in that it says, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do the, and this is the important part. Yeah. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Because Which I've seen some apologists in Christianity yeah. who Beat are you up. arrogant yeah. and rude and mean. Bible thumping and, and all, yeah, yeah, all the and, things. And it always has to be in love. But at the end of the day, it's us being prepared to be able to defend our faith. Right. Or I like the way some translations say, always be ready to give the defense, apologia, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. of the hope you have within you. Yeah. So it's not necessarily meaning I'm defensive because you're questioning my faith. It's, oh, let me tell you why I believe this. Yeah. You know, yeah. let, let me tell you why I believe that baptism is important. 
But you don't just see it in, like, the ancient Christian writers. I mean, you see it in Justin Martyr, but you also see it in, like, Augustine. Then you see it, like, in Martin Luther. You see it um, in C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. You see it in Lee Strobel, who wrote The Case for Christ. You see it in Our Sweet Page, who went to an apologetics uh, convention um, a couple weekends ago. Yeah, Josh McDowell's (laughs) classic book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. So, Fonda, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your question. Giving reason for our hope. Defending what we believe, not in an aggressive, mean sense. Uh, People, send your words in or we have to come up with our own. Right. So uh, two points you made Sunday that I absolutely love that's going to lead us into this next week, um, which is worship passionately. Right. But in terms of making disciples, you said that discipleship is a journey Mm -hmm. and that discipleship is a choice. Right. And I love the image of both of those because it ties into a couple things. One, sanctification is what takes place in the discipleship process. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a word that we need to talk about in one of and our maybe segments. Maybe next week's work if nobody that, has. Um, but yeah. uh, sanctification is simply God producing righteousness in us. And that mm-hmm. takes place through the discipleship process. It is absolutely a journey. You don't give your life to Christ and then you've arrived. you got to right. figure it out. It's a journey. And it's also a choice. And that ties back into what I say over and over again, that it's it, we have to be intentional. You don't yeah. accidentally follow Jesus. It's an intentional choice that we make that no one else can make for us. When, when I talk about discipleship as a journey, who D.A. Bennett is as a 62-year-old ought to be a lot different than who I was at 7 or 8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it takes life experiences and it takes challenges, testing of faith uh, to, I, get, to get me where I am. I love the phrase that you use in confirmation. Um, and I'll, I'll mess it up, but I'll try to say it, and you'll know what I'm talking this about. Is, I think this is going to be a Dr. Tuttle quote. It's, yes, giving all of what you know about yourself to all of what you know about God. Yeah, I say as yeah. much as you know and understand okay. about yourself to yeah. as much as you know Which and understand about God. Our, our understanding of God grows and changes throughout our life, mm-hmm. and our understanding of ourselves grows and changes throughout our life. And so it's that constant of giving all that we know about ourselves to what we know of God. And, and so, yeah, at 62, so, you know a lot more about yourself and a lot more about God right. than you did at seven. Right. I've had parents say, we don't want our kids to take communion because they don't know what it's about. And in confirmation, one of the things I say is, you may not know what it's about, but you know what it means to be left out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, I think the way, if we understand discipleship as a journey and not that we have arrived at a destination, that should impact how we make disciples right <laughs> that uh you know i, I kind of grew up in that era in the the latter part of the 20th century where it's like you know you need to decide now matter of life and death you can yeah, go to heaven yeah, or hell. i mean that yeah. that that was the approach um that doesn't work so much anymore you know if you tell people today hey you got to make a decision now i mean i want to think about this i want to know the implications of this and so a study we did, gosh, over 15 years ago, talked about we're not traveling salespeople. Yeah. I need to sell you storm windows. We've had this conversation, I think, in here before. Yeah. But I'm a travel guide. I have a relationship with a person. We travel together. And it's not a one-sided conversation. I've got to give my apologia for what I believe. Yeah. But you've got to give your apologia how, for what you believe. How long ago was it when you use that example oh, in your sermon here gosh. 15 years ago it was probably i want to say it was is either 2007 2008 okay so 
that's a that is a phrase that I don't know if Colby uh, Sandberg is watching or not, but that is a phrase that has stuck with Colby. Uh-huh. I've heard him say that in small groups and in Bible studies here in the church. That example and the impact that it had on him in terms of thinking about making disciples and living out our faith Which and all of that. Kobe it's would a, have been later 20s yeah, at I mean, that it's point. An, it's a great, great example. Uh, I think a great it, it's It's very helpful because now, you know, going back to last year, being fruitful, I don't have to feel the pressure of getting you to make that decision, which was what it was. Yeah. And, and I could give a long story that I won't share, but, you know, I want you to choose Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But I can't force you to choose Jesus. Right. And I mean, I'm, you could, I'm not going to but... threaten you to choose Jesus. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of examples still really in history. Really terrible forcing... examples of what happens when you force people to believe in Jesus. So, right, yeah. right. So, next, anything, really. so the next few weeks, you're going to be defining for us and how the global Methodist church thinks right. of what a disciple is and some distinguishing characteristics. Correct. And the first one that we're going to look at this week is work, you know, disciples are those who worship. Making disciples of Jesus Christ. Who worship, worship passionately. Right. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about worship, worshiping passion, passionately, what that looks like. Um, DA is going to get an opportunity to share this Sunday that, but when you think of worship passionately, what comes to mind? Um, I'm taking notes. Okay. <laughs> I think of raising your hands and dancing around and speaking in tongues and <laughs> um, forgetting the f- words to the song because I do that often when I'm like praising Jesus and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know that I know the, this lyric, but I'm here. Um, so that's what I think of. I think of getting lost in, in, um, in worship with the Lord. And the presence of the Lord. I don't know. And, and I know just through, as DA and I have talked about this, I know one of the things he's really been thinking through is we all think of that differently. Yeah. Our idea true, and yeah. understanding and definition of what it looks like <clears throat> to worship passionately. I mean, you could have 10 people sitting on a pew and you could have 10 different understandings um, of what that looks like and means for them to worship passionately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is a place y'all can help. You, yeah. you can help right this week's sermon, which right yeah. now I'm actually – contemplating doing something different this Sunday with the sermon. you got to come, or at least watch if you want to see it. Yeah. But what, is, what does it mean to worship passionately to you? So email your response. We'll, we'll yeah. get that. Yeah. We'll, we'll I, look at it. I think it'd be great to include some of those responses in the that sermon this really, week. Really so, really yeah, helpful, please yeah. Uh, you know, leave your comments, email, whatever, because um, I would love to, to hear yeah. what our – you know, those that are watching, uh, how they define it. Right. And, and don't delay. We write the sermon Thursday morning. Two days. If you're watching this Friday, I'm sorry. Sorry. We still want to know what you have to say. We but. do want to know what you have to say, but we may not include your, uh, definitive apologia. For okay. So we, work. we have a lot going on this week. We got a lot going on this week. Um, Monty, count us down. So, um, tomorrow, well, not tomorrow night. Wednesday. We've got Wednesday. Wednesday. We've got night. youth, youth and uh, Methodism one hundred and one. Child care provided if you need it. Methodism one hundred and one is <clears throat> at six thirty. Youth starts at five thirty. Both end at seven thirty. On Thursday mornings, we have Mom's Bible Study. Um, ten o'clock to ten o'clock to eleven thirty. It's not MTC. too late in the MTC. It's Child not too late provided. to start it. Um, and it's lots of really great, wonderful gals, including me. Because and then we're yeah, anyway. going to be honoring and celebrating <laughs> yes! Laura after worship this right, Sunday. Right, the end of both worship services. Uh, Jeff has put together a 
little tribute for yeah. remembering Warren after the 1030 service. We actually have a reception. It does have food. So uh, really if you want to stand too. in line, hug Laura's neck, or give her a gift in a money tree, uh, there'll be something for you to snack I mean, on. 25 years of incredible ministry wow. here at St. Andrews is uh, what a legacy. Yeah. So excited to celebrate her. See, I keep wanting to go on to the next thing, and then you guys keep coming up um, with something so great about Laura. And I'm like, yeah, well, we can, you're right. We, we can go we for 30 more minutes if we want. <laughs> we can right. keep talking about Truly um, glad to journey in faith with yeah, her yeah. and be in covenant with her. Yeah, yeah Midweek absolutely. is starting February 7th. Register. We don't need to know if you're coming to the Bible study, but we for sure need to know who's going to be eating so that we can be good stewards of, yeah. of people's time and the food and all that stuff. This week we also have, um, we're going to be passing out some Bibles to our kindergartners. Yes, for me, so blessing wonderful. Our Bibles, um, blessing our kindergartners with Bibles. Um, so come and um, help us to pray over and bless them. Um, yeah, anything else that I'm forgetting right now? Uh, not that I can think of. Okay. We've got a busy, yeah, busy I, weekend. It's going to be awesome. Excited about the Bible. Excited that y'all would tune in, yeah. whether you're live or on demand. We're so glad you do this. Again, send us that word that we can explain. Uh, send us yeah. your idea of what it means to worship passionately as always uh what a blessing for us to be in covenant with you god bless hopefully we'll see you on sunday